Hey, is this thing on? I am Queensman. Hi everyone, my name is Alyssa, and you are listening to the All Things Pelvic podcast, where you get to follow my life as a pelvic floor physical therapist. That may sound a little boring, but real quick, let me break it down. I bring up topics that most people find difficult to talk about, but maybe it's time we get comfortable with discussing the uncomfortable. I always strive for real talk, good vibes, and mostly all things pelvic. Join me and my guests as we discuss healthcare, culture, and real life topics. Are you ready? Because it's time to take a page out of my playbook. Hi everyone, it is a gloomy Saturday in New York, um, but also I'm hoping it's a little bit more sunny in Florida for my guest over here that I have, but I I am lucky to have a pelvic floor PT on here today, and I have had some of my friends in the past, but I'm really excited to get talking with this specific one today. Justine, go ahead and introduce yourself, hon. Hi, everyone. I am Dr. Justine Williams Roper. I am a pelvic floor specialist. Um, I own a clinic in Pensacola, Florida, where it is not sunny as well today, um, (laughs) where I treat men, women, and children for all things pelvic related. So um, brick and mortar building. I also see patients abroad virtually with pelvic consults. And yeah, I just have a passion for pelvic. Yeah, as do I, which I love. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember talking to you originally, and it's funny because we kind of like hit it off right away, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> we just kind yeah. of got to talking. Um, and I, I think something, I know something we brought up is how like social media can kind of, yes, we all kind of have that connection with pelvic, but it's so nice when you meet somebody just as passionate as you with it. Absolutely. Right? Because like Mm -hmm. we said, there's so much kind of saturation of not just pelvic, but even just PT, you know, just there's so many PTs on Instagram and on TikTok now, even too. TikTok's a big one. Um, There's just kind of (laughs) your face right now. (laughs) I have one. I have one. Uh Don't worry. I have one. However, it is off the chain. Yeah, off the <laughs> like, chain and for sure. Off the chain, and there's a lot of people that you know, like that are not PTs that claim to be some form of pelvic something nuanced. Oh yeah, right. That are covering the material that skilled PTs should be doing. And yeah, it's it's yeah, we can yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. I every time one of my friends see like a pelvic floor TikTok and stuff, they always send it to me. And then sometimes I always just find it interesting. I'm like, what type of doctor are they? Or like, what like what is going on here? Yeah, it's it's it, your pelvic floor enthusiast. Yes. Right. All right. So what are we doing with it? Yeah. What does? Wait. You posted something about that, right? Yeah. Oh Was yeah, that, I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I right. Oh well. First of all, that's a whole other topic in itself. Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, what does mm-hmm. that even mean? Like, what? Is, and so 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 I get it right like I I don't want to be a gatekeeper of the material I think that like lay persons and everyone should be educated however it's 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 bad when it's bad it's bad when Mm -hmm. the information is is incorrect it's bad when you're leading people down a path that could potentially harm them um and I just think social media we don't realize the authoritative role that we play when we sign up an account with any TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, like 
I don't think that people realize that. Yes. And I think that some people can get quick buzz because they're entertaining. Yes. Right. And or so they're getting into- a lot of traction on that oh, yeah. post or whatever it is. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. I didn't know mm-hmm. this. But also, like, what information are you actually putting out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, what pops and what, you know, is quickly like consumed versus evidence based. And a lot of things I do, they're not studies in, you know, completely evidence based, but at least tried out, mm-hmm. trialed um, things that have been proven to work. Um, you know, because there are some techniques that we do, like, that may not necessarily, you can go look up a scholarly article where it's, you know, all of that. However, again, it's just, it's the way the information may also miss pivotal pieces mm-hmm. that could, again, harm someone, like the tightness versus strengthening thing. Yep. Right? I, like That's literally what I'm thinking about right now. It's funny you just said that. So... For those of you who aren't aware, you know, a lot of the times if we have like a tight muscle, it's known that we may have to release it. But then kind of the stuff that goes out there in social media, even on websites going down a rabbit hole of the internet, it's like kegels, kegels, kegels. And like you might not have to do that. So you just sparked something for me where one of my friends sent me a post. She is also a pelvic floor uh, therapist as well. And she was like, do you agree with this? And it was a post about how we should be doing Kegels like eight times a day. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was it was kind of wild where I was just like, and she said everybody should. It was not like for a specific population or whatever it is. And I'm like, see, this is the stuff that I'm not a fan <laughs> of. Like, like, this is it. This is it. Because I yeah. always think it's good to do like a disclaimer, like, this is not for everybody. This is for like maybe this specific population or whatever it is. Like you have to be transparent like that or else like you will have so-and-so mm-hmm. going ahead and mm-hmm. doing that. And like maybe they don't need to do that. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. And also, yeah. again, what the hell is a pelvic floor enthusiast? Like, I, like, what is, like I'm, I'm really just though. like, okay. But see, so, so <laughs> I guess, I guess, again, I don't want to sound like a snob yeah. because I think that yeah. sometimes – Sometimes that could be the case, even within the sect of the pelvic PT world, yes. where it's, we are these term-based mm-hmm. gurus and educational know-it-alls, yes. right? And I'm not like I'm, I'm not that type of person. I try to make everything as simple and plain. But again, the platforms only allow you to do certain period amounts of time, right? So like, how yep. long is TikTok? I think TikTok is like a minute and a half or something. Yeah, they increased it actually. It used they to be like thirty it. seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you could do IGTV, but the the like on Instagram and stuff. But anyways, it's still very limited, right? Yeah. And so the the people who may not be so invested in actual education, they're thinking about views, they're thinking about turnover, they're thinking about how can I attract people to my products, to my services, right? So it's that business component. So they give a little bit of cheese, oh, yeah. and then it, right, and so it's kind of like they don't. Yeah, and while they may know, they may know that it's not right, but they know, you know, that they don't address those issues of, like, if you're having incontinence, but you're continuously contracting eight times intentionally at max contraction all day, you know, like, that. you know, they may not, but it it doesn't feed their audience. Exactly. So that... That's the part that irks me a bit. Yeah. You know, like, it irks me a lot, actually, I should say. Yeah. yeah. And it's clear we're passionate. <laughs> it's clear we're passionate about this. But mm-hmm. 
stemming from that, you know, what, Mm -hmm. and this is something that I don't think I actually fully have asked you yet, but what made you get into pelvic floor? I know everybody kind of has their thing. And I think we all kind of have a similar agreement where it's just like, it's so unknown that it pisses us off. So like as passionate practitioners, we're kind of like, okay, cool. I'm now going to take that and I'm going to run with it. Right. Like, I'm gonna, yeah. And I'm going to do that. Well, I always tell my quick story. I was in PT school. Okay. So like, I I didn't realize, (laughs) I didn't realize, okay. I I wanted to be a PT because my mom got in a really tragic accident where the driver passed away and she did rehab. And and I was kind of stuck when I was in uh, undergrad, like which route am I going to go? Am I, you know, I was pre-med kind of didn't want to do, you know, I was, I was like, where am I going to go? My mom got in this tragic accident. Um, and she reminded me of, you know, that career path, you know, she was like, this is an amazing career, but it's changed my life. So she was like, I'm going to make you go shadow or let you go shadow my PT. So I went, but it was sports. Mm. So, and the Andrews Institute here attracts, I mean, athletes from all over the world. So I'm there like, this young girl looking at all these hot, fine athletes. Like, I'm like, oh, this is right up my alley. <laughs> yes. And I get to do this fun stuff and, like, run around with them. It didn't take me seriously at all. And that was another reason why I kind of, like, after, you know, I was looking at them, I was like, they actually don't listen to me. So <laughs> and right. it may have been because I was a student. But I think also it's like that's a, a dominant, male-dominant field. So I, I wasn't as interested in it. But I did appreciate the art. Yeah. So I applied and I got in. And then when I was in school, you know, it, it, I was just trying to make it out. You know, PT school is. is oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a word that I wish that I could say. It, it's really it's it. Yeah. Zero out of 10 stars. When I look <laughs> when I look back at my mental <laughs> mental state when I yeah. was in PT school. Yeah. And so I actually wanted to just be close to home because I wanted to get from D.C. away from D.C. for a bit. And a, uh, a student in the class above me, she had a placement in a city outside of Pensacola. That's kind of like doable mm-hmm. um, as far as the drive. And I was, I actually was like, oh, she said it's women's health. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And at the time, I just thought women's health meant that it was physical therapy-based things for women. Right. I had no idea. And actually, crazy thing, I show up the first day, my CI, uh, my clinical instructor is like, just glove up and follow my lead. We open the door and it's an undressed male on the table. Mm -hmm. And that was my very first patient. And I'm like, what the heck did I get myself into? Yeah, yeah. And I quickly was like, whoa, this is a whole different world. And you know what? It wasn't so much that I was mad or, you know, and pissed off about the fact that enough people don't get it. It validated me. Because what I found was that a lot of people look at physical therapy very straightforward. Exercise for shoulders, manual therapy, a little stretchy stretch. And we help people walk when they get in accidents if you're an inpatient, right? Or something like that. And honestly, yeah, I mean, I fell in love with the fact that I felt like a clinician, like a true clinician. And I do not want to, like, minimize orthopedics in any way. But for me personally, like, it sparked autonomy inside of me is sparked the need to learn more because I didn't I didn't really care to learn or do more than what I was learning already and this made catapulted catapulted me into like another dimension of feeling like a box to be honest um and so that's kind of what got me started I couldn't find a job in it after I graduated 
it's not a ton of us really not which easy. was shocking yeah yeah it was not easy it was very shocking for me um especially in the dc area i was like why can't i find a job in this um and the, the jobs that i want did try to get into they're like well you're 70 percent ortho and you'll be 30 percent pelvic right that was my first job actually yeah that was totally like my first job with doing pelvic part-time mm -hmm. so I guess 50 yeah. 50 if we want to put yeah. it that way but it's not it's not easy to find like mm -hmm. just pelvic so I get that I'm sorry honey yeah. I need to cut you off keep going no <laughs> no I relate and I was I guess maybe because I had done pelvic at that rotation for three months straight four months straight with all pelvic I just wasn't I guess I wasn't interested in the ortho and that was probably the spoiled brat in me and like yeah. the greenness in me not knowing that like it probably would have fostered something but it, everything happens for a reason so um yeah i i did inpatient at a long-term acute care facility trachs and ventilators really sad stuff and then i went into peds just to make myself smile again because yeah. that was so depressing to be and but all the while keeping my little you know pelvic skill set and like doing more continuing ed and then i married my husband and moved back home and i opened up shop because again there are no yeah yeah, so. so I love that. I mean, I love everything about that. And it it's hard to find it like is. a full-time pelvic floor job because we also, like as you know, like we need to have more of a background in it. Like a lot of people don't kind of want to take you in if like you haven't had like a mentor or something. a clinical or yeah. like something, right? It's funny you said like the first person you walked in with on your clinical day was mm -hmm. a male. So my first day, you're going to die. And I'm, I'm not even making this up. Like my instructor, who I actually worked with <laughs> for a while, still my mentor, mm -hmm. like till this day, she, she was like, today is such a mixed bag. And she was like, you are going to like, you're going to kind of laugh. Like when you see this, she was like, I went on a rant about how I see mostly postpartum women and all mm -hmm. this stuff. It was a woman with mastitis. I'm sorry, mastitis. Um, mm -hmm. I just made up a word. <laughs> okay. That's a tricky one anyway. Added, added a whole other itis into mastitis. Um, then a male with prostatitis. And then, that's what I was going to see. That's what I was going for. Then um, a woman postpartum. Mm -hmm. Then a woman with pelvic pain. I was like, what? what is it's happening? It was all over the place, but I was just like, cool and I, I, yeah. I went into it being like this is going to be so tough but I also think this is going to be something that I like which clearly I did um yeah. and it was more so every patient that came in and honestly 99% of my patients that come in now they're just like why didn't I know like why did I have to google this why did I have to google my symptoms in order to find you why am I in New York City and my neurologist had no idea to go to pelvic floor it just kind of it it's always that, and it always kind of reminds me, even on one of my bad days, where I just, like, want to be home, because that's just real sure. life, right? Like, me too. Want, that was yeah. yesterday for me. Yeah, <laughs> I was for like, sure. I you know, yeah, it's real life, and, like, I love my patients, if you're listening, oh, for sure. but it, we have our days, you know, we have our days, too, where we want to go home, and that's that, but... It always reminds me when somebody says that, I'm like, ooh, that, yep, that's why. That's why I'm yeah. doing it. That's exactly oh, yeah. why. So. Oh, yeah. And you do, you do it for you. You do it for your patients. You do it for for the culture. You do it you do <laughs> for the pelvic PT culture. Oh, um, yeah. That's very comforting for you to say that that still happens in New York. Because I'm in Little Pensacola. Yes. And I'm like, why are yeah. these urologists, like, so clueless? I have one boss um, female urogyno that 
like sends people by the boatloads, but like some of the other ones, there's so many of them that I'm just yeah. like, why do you not? Yeah. No. So where I will say we're different, um, because I, yeah, it does give other people comfort when I do tell them that they're like, hold on, hold mm-hmm. on New York city. And like right. Miami, it's still like people aren't, it's not like, you know, a buzzword and all this stuff. Like it, it's hard for them to find us still. But mm-hmm. what I will say is that we are a little saturated with pelvic floor okay. PTs, right? So okay. it is easier for them to at least find somebody. But what I've been finding from patients now um, is mm-hmm. that they're like, well, I only saw so-and-so for a half hour. And then I was doing exercises on top of it, like with another person and like not the PT. So like now I'm finding that even though it's saturated. Quality. Yes. Mm-hmm. The quality. Is na- oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. Where I am lucky enough to be at two jobs where quality is very important to my employers. Very, very important. That's over anything, actually. So it's like. You get to see us completely one-on-one, you know, and nothing against AIDS or anything. I was an AIDS, so, like, I I get that. Mm -hmm. However, Mm -hmm. I think pelvic is so different than a sprained ankle. It's so different than that where things are so intimate where it's just, like, if somebody wants to say to me, with this exercise, I'm feeling the same pain that I feel in the missionary position with my partner. So, like, what's happening here? Is there a connection? Is there you know, from this to sex or whatever. And it's like, yeah. they don't want to ask the aid that. Right? They don't want to ask the like, aid that. And, and the aid is definitely probably not skilled enough to answer it in an appropriate way. Totally. Um, totally. You know what I mean? So, so, so it's multi, it's so fat, multifactorial. And like, I think part of it is when I look at the, the models of businesses, right? Cause I have a hybrid model where I yeah. take part insurance and part cash. These larger clinics, they're, mainly insurance-based and then some of the other clinics that are cash-based they have higher rates yeah so they have a smaller amount of people that are seen so let's say the the ones that get a lot of traffic um like probably because they take insurance right they are so limited on time that they can spend with people yep like (laughs) that they're seeing patients that need to be seen for like an hour or you know more for 30 minutes so they're jam packing, you know, all this stuff that needs to be like all this like education that needs to be in there, all of these like specific things that need to be, you know, discussed and, and implemented. They can't really do it in one visit, yeah. you know, and so like they're just speeding through the day. And so so, I, yeah, I, I definitely understand quality and like quantity and specificity and like thoroughness. Like, yeah, it, it yeah, it's hard depending on who you work for and, and what, it, you know, um, yeah, but it's good. It's, it's, it's good for, for PTs who understand it and, and are able to offer that quality care. Um, because yeah, which also isn't easy too, because then you yeah. also have to tell your patient, like if your insurance doesn't cover this, we got to pay the self-pay rate, right? Or, you know, like this specific rate until like your deductible hit. There's all this stuff. And then mm-hmm. it, and then that's the part that's hard. Um, however, I always explain that you get a full hour with me, you know, like a full blown hour. Whereas like with other places, you're not going to get that, you know, like you're not going to mm-hmm. get that quality care. And that is something that honestly I would like to see change a little bit. It's like like a lot of people then think they spark it in their head. 
this is what pelvic PT is, where they're then seen for 15, 20 minutes with, you know, with somebody, and then, and then they go off and do exercises. So that's the part that kills me, which is like, why my website's there, why my Instagram is there, why, you know, like, I would like to raise awareness for that. Um, and I do, like, want to start posting a little bit more about that. Like, actually, there are places that see you for longer, whether that's 45 minutes even. Like, 45 minutes, I think, is great, you know, like, in comparison to one-on-one sure. on one or whatever it is. Right, so yeah. what do you do, actually, for your for your business? Yeah. Yeah, so I break them down. So I do like 30 to, like I do a range. So 30 mm-hmm. to 45 minute sessions and then 50 to like 65 minute sessions. Sure. Depending yeah. on what the person needs and what they can afford. Because sometimes I do, I do feel like it's, something is better than nothing. Yeah. Yes. Um, totally. I, I know we were going to probably talk about two things I wish that would change. I wish. Yes. Go for that, it. <laughs> I wish that. <laughs> um people's viewpoint when they find out that pelvic floor physical therapy is still therapy Mm -hmm. that they don't automatically like gravitate to that can my insurance cover it it's just another checklist thing I can do I think I I really wish I don't know what the answer is to shift people's mindsets Mm -hmm. on the value of pelvic floor PT and that pelvic floor PT is a subset of its own yes so I can stem on that. I can mm-hmm. stem on that a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into my initial question of like, what are things that you would want to change? And I could go down a rabbit hole with that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I could mm-hmm. go down a whole rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. But had a conversation with a patient yesterday. Um, it was his first visit and he very much so is like not a believer. And I get mm-hmm. it. I That is something I honestly completely understand. Like I, I completely get it. You have seen a million. How many urologists have you seen? How many, you know, like what have you, what else have you done? Great. And I always tell, I tell all my patients, I'm like, we're usually the last in line. Mm-hmm. I get it. Like I, I, I trust me when I say I get it. But then what I always say is we wouldn't have a clinic if we weren't getting people better. Right? Like, sure. like sure. yeah, I could throw my hands up to that one. Like, I could shoot my horn with that one, right? Unless like, I have money to waste and time to waste, just sitting here looking crazy. Yeah. yeah. People <laughs> but, come. Right. But actually, though, right? You know, like, it wouldn't be a clinic if it wasn't the case. So, my spiel on causing pelvic floor to be a little bit more important on, sure. you know, your, like, say, your checklist of things to do is, would you go a day without washing your face or without brushing your teeth or if you have some neck pain like without stretching your neck like you want to lose those few pounds what are you going to do for that right it is so taboo the talk about peeing pooping sex pelvic floor stuff for damn sure that's like you know all that stuff it's so taboo that I always say I want it to be looked at as another form of self-care totally another form of self-care where those are muscles down there so like just like how you would stretch out your neck uh stretch out those hamstrings if you do want to go running right your quads like all these things like why not there if it's something that we use every day all day Mm -hmm. 
and that's Make on that for play. me. <laughs> yeah, like, like you know, and some of them still won't care. Some mm-hmm. of them, and those those people don't wash their hands and they don't brush yes. their teeth or wash their face. Right. Okay. Right. 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 <laughs> some of those people just you know, some of them we have to really start at browsing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But but yeah, making it simple and plain, but also putting so much weight on the emphasis of like quality of life. Um, what does that look like for you to improve this problem? Like how, how committed are you, um, to doing that and just open, opening their eyes to the possibility that their body can function differently if you pour that self-love and self-care into their body. Right. And like, you know, I, I, I have people that come to me and they're angry. Yeah. So angry. So they're so angry. angry. And I'm like, Mm-hmm. And, and depressed and just like hopeless. Yep. Right. And For like, sure. and so, so yes, pelvic PT is an island of its own. And the job is such a, a unique job because we have so much that we have to do as providers and clinicians that are not based on me touching you even. Yeah. It's so psychological before we even get you started right like or as we go along and that's why like i know you were talking about how some days you want to go don't go in sometimes we don't want to go in because we are emotionally exhausted yep oh yeah one thousand percent it we're so drained to the point where and it's not again nothing against our like patients sure no not negatively of course but it is a lot to take in i actually did have a patient ask me and it was just a very interesting question you know i've been seeing her for a while and i felt comfortable Mm -hmm. answering you know she Mm -hmm. was like you know, she goes, I think about less, like, how many times, like, I've cried here with you, you know, like, sitting here, like, you know, laying down on this table and all this stuff, and she was like, and not to say that all patients cry either, but she was like, I feel how vulnerable I am, mm-hmm. and she was like, you do this all day, and she was like, you <laughs> right. Are, right, like, you do this all day, and she what goes, what is wrong with you? Right, 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 and she Why? Goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you subject yourself to this? And she... <laughs> But no, right? And she goes, if you think about it, say if somebody's working all day and then they come to you, you're also either somebody's in pain, something is wrong with us, Mm -hmm. right? Like something is wrong with us. So it's like there is always a complaint and you need to expect that from every patient. There is not going to be a patient that comes in that's just like, yep, this is perfect, but I'm just here. Yep. Oh, yeah. And the way she put it like that, I was kind of like, oh, dang. Like, uh, yeah, you're right. You know, and she was just like, I hope you're take you take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it made me like, it made me really think about ever since she said that to me, somebody said that to me recently, actually, but this was like a year or two ago that this um, patient said that. And I was just like, Wow. You're so right. And it, it made mm-hmm. me realize, too, like, if I want to take care of other people, I very much so need to take care of myself, too. 100%. Which totally leads into the next question. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. <laughs> Which, that I was going to ask you, too, about self-care. And now, you know, like, eventually I do want to have my own business and yeah. all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I think even more so. As a business owner, you got to take care of yourself, right? So give yeah. me top two top two things you do for you and <laughs> nobody okay. else so this is a work in progress and I don't think that any business owner unless they you know have been in the game a really really long time or even then they can yeah. attest to like you have to reinvent the self-care um you know structure for yourself but 
one is is active. So the first one is not like I just, you know, stop and do something specific. The first one is creating boundaries. Yeah. In my in my practice. So, for example, yesterday, I had a patient um, who was scheduled for twelve thirty. Um, she came at one thirty when I'm done on Fridays. Oof. Oof. And she's like, "I'm so sorry." Da, 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 da. And I'm like. I'm on a virtual consult right now. My my admin is sitting there and I hear her come in. I was like, I have my last like virtual consult really quickly. Um, and I told her I would see her. And I, sh- so, so I was exhausted yesterday. Yeah. Kid you not. And, you know, part of me was like, Justine, you've been working on setting your boundaries. This is an active opportunity um to say you missed your appointment you have to pay your fee see you next week yeah yeah um but the other part was I asked myself would it harm me to stay 30 minutes of what she was scheduled for you know and I said you know what no but you know after you have set it up to where you can go rest now and so I made the active decision to say okay I make that choice to say yes, because I could have made the choice to say no. And so before I was powerless, I would have right. not even thought it twice about it. I would have said, I'll stay the whole hour, you know, I'll do all these different things, you know, to accommodate other people. And, you know, I actively had to use my autonomy choice muscle where I can choose. And so for me, setting boundaries and making informed choices for me are, are a way of self-care because before as a business owner, I was... I think as business owners, we're so desperate to keep it afloat and we're afraid that if we don't do certain things that um, appease our clients, that we will close down, right? We we have that fear of shutting down. And I think that that's a misleading fear that we have to actively pursue against, like to actively press against. And so like actively choosing to set boundaries, like I had another another, uh, patient come in and this wasn't recent, but she had fecal incontinence. She had an accident that was atrocious while she was there. Um, she came back up to the front and she was like, um, I'm not comfortable keeping my card on file for a- accidents or a- incidentals rather. And, um, you know, if you need to order anything for me, if I can't, so I'm a trustworthy person. I'm not keeping my card on file. I was like, well, I'm sorry. I, there's nothing I can do for you. The only other thing I can do is if you put a retainer down and we just deduct from that retainer right. and we will totally reimburse that to you. Um, you know, at the end of your treatment, you know, you'll get it all back. Nope. And, and, you know, she called back again after that, trying to speak to someone else to get on the cake on the calendar. Oh my goodness. And I, yep. Mm-hmm. And I put it on the, I, it's in the notes that this person, you know, and she was like, oh, I think you have com- had me confused with someone else. And we're oh, like, absolutely wow. not. <laughs> that was a fiasco. We will remember that forever, right? right? And so the setting, the boundaries, sticking to them, and it doesn't feel good all the time, but that's a form of self-care as a business owner because I know some business owners will listen to this. Like actively setting boundaries is a form of self-care. So that's yeah. those are examples of like, no, like, I'm sorry, I'll refer you to another clinic down the street or I'll refer you to another resource. Let your doctor know. Like actively setting boundaries will help not, you not feel so depleted. So that's an active example. Yeah. You know, yeah. Of, of 1, the self-care. 
and and, and it's it's hard because people will always be people and you will always want people to want your services yeah but a lot of times you know using that muscle and building that muscle helps you understand that that's not the case that everyone is your patient yes right yes. um especially in the entrepreneurship world the second is going to be actively my therapist told me this mm-hmm. she was like you need to either do this yourself or have your admin assistant schedule days in the calendar that are just for you right yep. and again yeah you circle back around and you say oh my god if i shut down one clinic day then i won't meet my monthly goal i mean scheduling in other days uh-huh yeah and that's that like that's literally that because it's so right. important to take care of yourself mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you you shouldn't be living to work right you work to live like there's a mm-hmm. reason why you started your own thing it's so beautiful that you're passionate about it too mm-hmm. which i am as well right i'm yeah. completely but the reason you also did it is that so you could have more autonomy, right? Is right. So you could do all these other things. Now, I talk about boundaries on here like it's my job. Like it, okay. like it for <laughs> sure. Literally like it's my job. Um, I I actually saw something this morning and I screenshotted it. So I'm hold on. Two seconds. Two seconds. Yeah. Let me bring it yeah. up because it literally just went with what you said. It went with mm-hmm. what you said. So this person tweeted, the real flex is training your boundaries to be stronger than your empathy and feelings. That's it. <laughs> like easier said than done. Much but, easier uh, said than done. So, facts. I th- yeah, actual facts. Like I, I went. So not the credit card situation that you went through. So now mm-hmm. I actually know business owners though who like you have to put something, or else oh, you're you not to. booking an appointment like Period. that. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. and so I know where that's hard because then you also want to please somebody and you also want to give them care, but you also need to respect me. You also have mm-hmm. to respect me too, right? And then that mm-hmm. is like the weird rabbit hole of like being an empath and like and you know, and like trying to understand somebody's feelings and doing that. But then that's even like you saw that patient at 1:30 yesterday, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I get where you did it. You are the business owner. So like mm-hmm. it, you did what you had to do, but then it's also how many times are you going to do well, it, you would, right? Exactly. And like, ha- yeah, so that's what you have to think. Like if this is like a once in a blue moon type of thing, then like, okay, you just, you did your thing. Yeah. But then it's like, you can't have that keep happening. Um, mm-hmm. I did have an employer like that. Very much so. And I saw that it like depleted her. You know, she Mm. would, if a patient came in an hour late all the time, she would still see them instead of being like, you know what? Like, no. 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 Yeah. Like, I can't keep doing this. Like, oh, yo, at my job, it's so wild. Like, one of my patients yesterday, she's so cute. She's never late. She's like, never late ever. But she came in an hour earlier by accident because she thought that that was her time. Mm -hmm. Now, luckily, I once didn't have a patient there because it was my lunch hour, but I also did not have a patient afterwards. So, okay, but, it worked out. Yeah. But my business, my um, our admin came up to me and they were just like, "You want her to like wait an hour?" They're really respectful, you know, like up to the time, yeah. which I think is amazing. And I was like, "No, no, 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 I'll see her now." You know, like I could, I could yeah. have lunch next hour. Just don't book me yeah. anybody, you know. And like they're very good about respecting your boundaries in that way. That's awesome. Right, right. So I think it's mm-hmm. so important to do that. Um, um, I even think an active self-care thing that I can think of is, 
Again, the boundary thing. Again, the mm-hmm. boundary thing, but more so to always making sure that you feel comfortable. Right. Okay, so it's like, and that, again, rabbit hole. Could totally go off on, you know, I can go off on that. That That's not even, but um, masks are completely still a thing in, in our mm-hmm. clinic. Um, you mm-hmm. know, there are a lot of places indoors now where you have to show your vaccination card in, in New York and stuff too. For us, we just have everybody still fill out the form and everybody still has to wear a mask because we mm-hmm. are one-on-one. Um, we're in a room you know, separately with, with our patients too, right? Pelvic. Hello. Uh-huh. So yeah. So everybody's completely separate from each other. But my boss was like, you know what? Let's just keep things away, you know, like the way they are. And we were like, okay, cool. Had somebody come in, took off their mask in the room. And I was like, you know, it, it's still policy. Like we do have to keep it on. I completely get it. It's been hot here. It has been hot, at least for uh-huh. New York. You know, it is uh-huh. hot and it's the city. Uh, subway. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, it's gross. And he was like, I'm really hot, though. And I... <laughs> what? <laughs> Did and you? Was... Okay. And I was just like, I, I completely jokes around. And I was like, yo, I, I get it. And I was like, I- I'm sweating. <laughs> I was like, I'm sweating, you know? Like, I completely get it. Yeah. But I do have to have you put it on. Um, and he was like, okay, cool. So that was that. Had him change. And he took it off again. So now you're pissing me off. Like, now, now you're bothering now me. Now yeah. we're going in a different direction. Yeah. <laughs> now you're bothering me, right? Where it's just like, I said it once, and I shouldn't have to say it again, right? Right. And I said to him again, like, I need you to the- put on. Right. I need you to put it on. He was like, are you not vaccinated or something? So then he leads into that. He was like, are you not vaccinated or something? So now he's getting a little combative with me. And I said, I was like, no, I'm, I'm 1,000% vaccinated. I have been. Which you shouldn't have to. like. Yeah, I shouldn't even have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I shouldn't even have to say, but we'll go that route, you know. And I was like, I have been since February. And he was like, yeah, but, you know, like, I work from home. You're the only person I'm seeing today. And I was like, you might be the only person that, no, I might be the only person that you're seeing today, but you are not the only person that I'm seeing today. So mm-hmm. we're going to mm-hmm. put on the mask. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to keep it moving. That's what yeah. I said. I was just, and I said it very respectfully. I wasn't like, you sure. know, it wasn't, but still, you know, and it made me realize though, too, I was just like, no matter what, you can be like the best practitioner in the world, but there's always going to be like something like that, that might be mm-hmm. thrown at you, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I reminded myself like self-care in a way where it's like sticking up for yourself too. Mm-hmm. I could have easily just been like, Okay, cool. No worries. Keep it off. And, but then what is that also doing? Then you're going to keep it off each time. What if you then see one of my other colleagues who is completely not comfortable with that, you know, and then, and then it becomes this whole thing. thing, Yeah. Yeah. So for me, again, actively self-care but in a way to make yourself feel comfortable you know I could say all day like mm-hmm. yep like doing a facial in the morning or you know all these other things yeah that's like rooty-tooty for sure <laughs> there's more thing. like deep-rooted <laughs> shit <laughs> to, yeah. like, to go over you know like and if I could be completely honest yeah I don't think that Dr. Justine three years ago mm-hmm. would have been able to me too. And so that's why I call it a confidence muscle. It's something that you have to practice and build, right? We are not above reproach. We are not above mistakes. Um, and everyone is in a different place in their life 
uh, you know, as far as confidence goes. Yeah. Um, because it does take, it takes confidence to be able to stand up for yourself. Totally. You know, like when I was a kid, I remember when I was a kid, I was like as, you know, outwardly confident as I appeared, I was internally like the scaredest, most timid person. And so that carried through into my adult years and into my professional career. So it wasn't until now that I realized how much power I have over, you know, my comfortability levels when I'm interacting with patients and with people in general. Right. And so I encourage everyone to like practice that a little bit at a time yeah, so that you build it up. So like making choices for yourself, in the professional sense and in the personal sense. So when bigger events happen, you have a little bit more oomph. You have a little bit more control. You have a little bit more courage and bravery to say what you need to say and do what you need to do. Yeah, and I love that, actually. I always think, um, and especially when other therapists come on here, I always like for you guys to give like a piece of advice you know like mm-hmm. we even we just had a student that just ended at my full-time yeah, job cool. you know and I told her like confidence man and it's hard mm-hmm. it's hard it when so you're hard. just first starting and especially in pelvic like it is not mm-hmm. always easy to sometimes say I don't know or to sometimes you know or to mm-hmm. to it's just it's a lot you know it's definitely a lot and it like kind of what you said before not to knock any other um mm-hmm. you know form of PT and everything but like pelvic is still relatively new to people and it's just like mm-hmm. it's not being taught in schools as much as obviously like neuro is ortho and all mm-hmm. this stuff so it is hard to get into but I think that's a great piece of advice like yeah. just these little little steps so, so whether that means if you are a business owner like making sure to charge that fee if somebody doesn't show up or you know just like some of these little little things um, and that maybe might mean that, like, you're not so comfortable yet, like, telling somebody if they show up at the door that I can't treat you. Uh, and that's sure. okay. And that's okay. You just have to, though, remember your boundaries and sure. and go from there. But. Yeah. I mean, I had a patient last week. She called at 1210. Um, her appointment was at 1230. She said, I'm not going to make it. My friend desk staff said, hey, you know, that's going to be a fee if we can't fit you in before we close today at 130. She said, well, I can't do that. Um, she said, what's the fee? The fee is in your paperwork. It's also hanging directly at the scheduling station for you mm-hmm. to remember. Um, she said, that's steep. And <laughs> she, said, I, she said, that's steep. And um, my front desk staff said, you know, she was like, I, I, there's nothing we could do. She said, okay, well, um, cancel my other appointments. I'm going to have to re- reconsider this. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, you know what, though? Oh, and I hate to say this. I hate to say this. Like, we we have, like, a grace period. You know, we're, like, on that mm-hmm. first time. Okay, it happens. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But if you also keep doing that, you know, people will continue to cancel and do all mm-hmm. this stuff. And it. I know that, you know, it's hard. It's hard. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, like, you also, as a business owner, then you can say, okay, you know, like, I may have lost that person, but if this was also somebody that's going to keep doing that, like I also might be better off, um, you know, as much yeah. as I want to give that care and, sure. and stuff too. But listen, 
when my doctor's office is like, we're going to charge you for this. Like, I know damn well to, to you know, cancel 24 hours before or whatever, whatever yeah. the case may be. You know, it's like it, it's mm-hmm. completely it's fine. Like, that's it's how the, the offices run. <laughs> that's how the offices run. And that's how it's run. And, and that's it. Um, and so. I think that leads to the to, to the uh, to the respect of the field, too. Yeah. I always compare us like in thought, compare us to Kairos. Yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. like. They consider their chiro their doctor. They will automatically call them doctor so and so. They will automatically treat their chiropractor. And I sometimes I think it's because of how chiropractors have uh, their entities, um, respective entities have um, advocated for their fields. Yes. Um, and so I think that like again, when people think physical therapy, no matter if it's pelvic, if it's ortho, if it's neural, if it's peds, they think physical therapy and they put it on a lower platform. Yes. One thousand percent. 1, and so that's, that's, that's a part of that. Like what I, what I would change, I would change kind of like the advocacy. I would change how, can, how like figuring out or coming together to figure out how we can make ourselves authoritative in nature so that when patients come to us, they don't think of it as just another thing that they have to go to. Yeah, it That it's a specialized, special thing, a special service yeah and we went through a lot of schooling you know in yeah. order to do this and everything too and then you a lot of debt <laughs> for a lot yeah. of people uh yeah and then we also <laughs> took a lot of courses right yeah. you know like and we have to actually in order to keep up our license so, like we're continuously working and continuously doing a lot i um so what i will say is mm-hmm. that i am somebody where I still don't like to actually, when somebody does come in and they're like, hi, Dr. Mm-hmm. Alyssa or whatever, I'm like, no, 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 it's mm-hmm. okay. You know, like you can mm-hmm. call me Alyssa. However, I I still want to be respected. You sure. know what I mean? Like I still want to be respected um, at the end of the day. And it's funny, one of my friends was like, you should totally just like introduce yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like introduce mm-hmm. yourself as that. You know, like it's okay to say like, I'm Dr. So-and-so. And I'm like, I know. And I'm like, I just, I think that, for me, for me, I like that kind of comfort of like, you know, when sure. patients just calling me Alyssa. I know everybody's super different with that too. Yeah, everyone has a, yeah. Yeah, but mm-hmm. then, but then, you know, if there is somebody that comes in and they're just like, oh yeah, I've been to PT and like, you know, it's just this and this and this. I'm like, actually, you know, there's a lot that goes on in our heads about this, this, and this. And I remember I had to kind of break it down to somebody once of like, these are the things that I'm actually looking out for that you have no idea that that, that mm-hmm. I am looking out for them, right? And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, like, I didn't know that, you know, or, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff of, like, what does my paperwork now look like, too, you know, like, and all this stuff. So it, it was really interesting, and it was honestly just, like, an education thing for them. Like, and it, mm-hmm. was, not, it was no bad blood at all. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was really interesting to see. But, like you said, the profession needs to be respected, yeah. Way more. That is for It's sure, not about the but... title either. I don't think it's necessarily about the doctor part. Yes. I think it's the posture yeah. part. Yeah. I think it's the posture that you have. You know that you're urologist, that everyone can't do urology. You know that urology is special. That is what they specialize in. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a posture of reverence almost for the fact that they can do something that other people can't. Yeah. Totally. So it should be the same for pelvic floor specialists, right? That we are special and their urogyno can't do what we do. Yes. 
yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're OB can't do what we do. And it always takes, though, the patients that just come in and experience that sure. for them to mm-hmm. see it. So a lot of, like, what we're doing is a lot of word of mouth, right? But mm-hmm. then also our podcasts that are out, the social media that's mm-hmm. out, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's super important. But Yeah. 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 I can beat that to death. Oh. I can beat that all to death. I say this in every episode of my podcast. I could talk about this all day. All day. Uh, <laughs> I, say, I say it all the time. Mm-hmm. But... I wanted to thank you so much for being on yeah. here. This was so great. And I would, of course, want you on here again. Yeah. But where can everybody find you? You know, yeah. yeah. Lay down all your social media stuff for us, please. Sure. <laughs> Socials. I'm most active on Instagram at Dr. Just, Dr. Spelled Out, and then J-U-S. Um, we're also on Facebook. Um, I am also on Facebook. Um, my facility's name is in I N her h-e-r and then the full word physique um it's just a little play on words for inner um and that's also our brick and mortar instagram as well as our facebook those are where i'm most most active also on youtube by the same names um and so super excited to have been here you're so excellent and i love the fact that we can talk about this stuff because we need it we need camaraderie we need um you know, for our voices to be heard and for relatability. So I'm 100% here. Oh, thanks, huh? Yeah. No, 1,000%. It, um, it's a field that needs to grow. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> I'm oh, here yeah. with you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to the All Things Pelvic Pod. Have questions, concerns, comments? Want to share your story? Remember to follow me on Instagram at the underscore pelvic floor playbook. DM me, share my stuff, like it, and let me know what you think. As a reminder, this is not medical advice by any means, so don't be out here doing a bunch of nonsense in these streets. If you need me and want a vibe, you know where to find me. I'm out.